Wicked Good Season 3, Episode 01, Tommy Chong CVD, Blue Chew, advertises for today's episode, wickedgood.xyz, wickedgood.xyz, there's an advertisers tab, use those links, otherwise they don't make money, also there's other platforms on there, so if you want to listen, watch, do whatever you want, there you go, uh, I am now every episode going to do on YouTube, if you're watching this, you can scroll along the bar, also if you're doing audio, you can see the timestamps, so I'll have timestamps for every topic or whatever if you want to skip around there you go i only released two out of context so you only get two of that so if you want to just skip around go ahead i don't care that's basically it no guests today just me next couple episodes probably going to be guests well hopefully if scheduling works out correctly and no one bails so uh guests going forward basically for the rest of the season pretty sure Mm, yeah, I'm pretty sure. Alright, that's it for intro. Fuck all this shit. Great start to an episode, obviously. I was going to run through every single, or tease, uh, I guess I'll do it. Teasing everyone, we have uh, topics, every topic that I'm going to run through. We have the small island that owns the .tv extension. So instead of .com, .tv, there's one little small island nation that literally runs all of it, basically. Runs every dot. TV domain, North Face lawsuit, um, China has officially signed, or China's largest, I shouldn't just say that, but China's largest uh, music distributor has signed a virtual artist, finally, uh, DeepMind uh, has completely mapped human proteins, first time ever that we've had a full mapping of the human protein, uh, the government, I gotta stop saying, uh, Government is creating a list of every person from top social media websites that um, are doing domestic quote-unquote terrorism. Also, a priest got fucked by Grinder. Pretty sure I said that within less than 30 or bef- after the 30 seconds of the bot hopefully listening really well to this. So that won't be a problem. But the priest getting fucked by Grinder was going to put it at the top. But couldn't do that because um, it is pretty heavy and scary. Usually I like putting in the hack stuff or quote-unquote hack stuff at the beginning. But not this episode. This episode we're going to start with the small island that literally owns the domain for .TV. Main gripe I think I have with any of this stuff is is I don't know if it really matters if they just switch to .com. Like, I don't know if that many people are going to be like, oh no, Twitch.tv is not going to be Twitch.tv anymore. I just have to put .com at the end of it. And most of the time, most browsers are probably just going to autocorrect to that anyways. I don't know how much leverage this small state or this small state, not owned by the U.S., small country has it's literally an island with like 11 it's not there's not that many people living on the island it's 2001 is when it actually started i do have a good article from a guy who supposedly obviously i can't do any background knowledge i'm not i don't give a shit enough about that but this guy who wrote this article supposedly is a descendant from people from the uh, place but it's called tuvalua uh tuvalu tuvalu i should be saying tuvalu uh, my wonderful dyslexia is helping very good, but I'm going to start reading some of this as always the podcast where I just read articles basically, then annotate them with my own thoughts. All of the, all of this bodes well for Tuvalua, one of the smallest and most remote countries on the planet, planet, Jesus Christ. The Coral Atoll Nation is only 26 kilometers. I'm now realizing that us American freedom uh, measurements are not going to work with that. So fuck that shit. There's only 11,000 people that live there. Good point. Its main industry is selling its fishing license to offshore trawlers and exporting dried coconut meat. Can it, Well, obviously it can no longer sustain its, uh, econo- uh, its economy because I don't know how that's going to do much. Basically, licensing out, if you don't understand this, licensing out your fishing rights. Every country gets, I think it's 200 miles or whatever kilometers is, freedom units here in America, in freedom land. 
200 miles off of the coast of your country, you own the rights to fish and do things in those ocean areas. So you can then license out parcels to that, obviously, to other fishing uh, companies. Tuvalu's economic future may lie in Tuli, uh, in its two-letter domain suffix.tv. Obviously, twitch.tv. We have caffeine.tv. In this article, I also talk about uh, a lot of other companies that use .tv. As I said earlier, don't know how much of a problem it would really be for people to change over to .com. I'll also talk about it later on because there's another article that talks about how... Oh, whatever. This random assignment of letters of the internet is a modern-day equivalent to striking oil. For Tuvalu, the domain name is akin to a natural resource. Now... It is pretty true, obviously. 1995, the Internet Corporation of Assigned Names and Numbers, uh, ICANN, as the IT people call it, assigned Tuvalu the .tv domain suffix, one of the many country code domain suffix assigned at the time. Five years later, Tuvalu negotiated a contract to lease .tv for $50 million in royalties to Jackson Champnick, a Canadian entrepreneur and investor. Over a 12-year period, die, great grammar with the commas, fuck. The current deal signed in 2011 leases the .tv suffix to VeriSign, a Virginia-based domain name and internet infrastructure provider. In 2021, uh, Tuvalu's agreement with Verisign will expire. It's December 31st, 2021. Remember that name, December 1st, 2021. Revenues from the original contract helped to pave the country's eight kilometers of road. Tuvalu has an opportunity to leverage the .tv domain not only to generate wealth, but also to bring a base level of connectivity to Tuvaluans. I honestly, I have no idea if I've been pronouncing this country correct at all. I tried to use Google. That I don't believe any of that crap anyway. So there you go, pronouncing Tuvaluans that way, who are currently offline. There's a story often shared as a, in, in the startup world during the California gold rush. It wasn't the miners who earned the most money, correct? But it was the people who sold picks and shovels, correct? Just so people, obviously you need picks and shovels to do it. Same thing with the railroads, the original railroads. People weren't building the train cars. They were building the rails built to, to run the rails for trains. Great use of a metaphor. Fuck myself. Tuvalu, uh, Tuvalu, when renewing its dot TV deal, must monitor and must monitor the picks and shovels, in this case, the startups and established companies that are profiting from the .TV the most. He goes into how he was born, how much money a lot of these companies are making. I agree, not good. Um, if you're only getting... Uh, the, the They signed the original deal, which I am going to... All right, so here's an article. Uh, 2002, Margaret Kane. As most people should probably start doing, I should also start doing myself, which I'm going to start working on more. Rather than cite the actual website that an article is from, like um, whatever the Washington Post, Verge. The reason I'm saying that is because I have articles from them later on in the episode. But, or Z, uh, ZDNet.com. We should start talking about the people who actually write the articles rather than the companies that allow that to happen. So you have Verisign will take over the control. This is 2002. Verisign will take over the T.TV web domain by buying the .TV Corp. International for $45 million cash, the company announced Monday. Verisign operates a registry of internet addresses that end with the suffix .com, .net, and .org. These motherfuckers are the ones who run every .com, .net, and .org. They own, they own it. They, they, these guys, these humans are the ones who run a very, 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 very large amount of the internet running throughout the United States. .com, .net, .org suffixes are the webs are known as top-level domains. The Internet Corporation of 
assign names and numbers. I can always know. Recently added seven new suffixes. Dot museum. Dot biz. Dot info. Dot arrow. Dot name. Dot corp. Dot coop. Co-op. And dot pro. That doesn't matter. This is from 2002. This stuff has been in play for a while. Each country has its own top-level domain, .us for the United States, for example. The .tv domain, actually the country code for a South Pacific Island nation of Tuvalu. Tuvalu licensed the domain .tv Corp, .tv Corp. in 2000 uh, for $50 million, using part of the money to join the United Nations. So not only has this very, very, very small company that Twitch basically runs the on the back of, owned by Amazon, Jeff Bezos, um, don't need to go down that rabbit hole, almost just did it on my own, that nation joined the United Nations from money it got based off of its .tv domain. This is just... It is it this the the ends of domains are the new gold rush nowadays and this one company Verisign owns .com .net and .org I if you're listening to this you didn't see my facial expression right there but come on this same company rents the .tv address or is leasing it from Tuvalu and the contract ends in months from recording this so in months we will hope i think they should do personally they should do a bartering where or bartering they should do a contest some sort of bidding war where they are allowed to get a shitload of money for this because the amount of money that is being created off the dot tv domains is ridiculous and they signed a deal in 2000 for only 50 million dollars obviously back in the day it wasn't that much of a difference but and also in 2020 uh 2020 2020 also in 2002 uh separately verisign announced it would pay a 340 million dollars in stock to acquire ho systems which is a billing and customer management software for wireless carriers so not only is verisign the people who uh, own.com, .net, and .org. Those people also now are, in 2002, own a billing and customer management software for wireless carriers. So, I don't know. They, my stupid rabbit holes. There we go. So, holy shit. I didn't even remember this part of the fucking article. Here we go. Verisign said it would combine HO's Speed Suite products with its products offered by its Illuminant subsidiary, so a company that Verisign also owns, operates an independent carrier-to-carrier switching network that allows carriers to route landline and wireless calls and offer caller ID, roaming, and other services. Verisign acquired Illuminant for $1.2 billion in 2001. So, I, okay, so now I see why I pushed this to the back of my brain, so I just would not ever go down this rabbit hole. But Verisign basically knows everyone. They are the ones who route landline to wireless calls in 2001. It obviously meant a lot more than nowadays, but that's still the caller ID, roaming, and other services. And obviously, they wouldn't buy this company if it wasn't worth that much money for $1.2 billion in 2001. 2001, god damn. Basically, I, I, I don't know. I just think it's cool that there's this little teeny country in the middle of the ocean, in the Pacific Ocean, that is getting paid millions of dollars for .tv. Like, who cares? At a certain point, I don't even know if these... If this, if this uh, country should even attempt to go into a bidding war, because at a certain point, why not just stay with Verisign and just use Twitch.com? Why do you need Twitch.tv? Obviously, television, it's kind of fathered in, but at a certain point, what's the difference? Twitch, the Twitch app, I don't know the, the statistics, but I'm sure no one's going to care if it's .com 
rather than dot tv most people hopefully listening to this probably also not going to give a shit if you really give that much of a shit just go into your bookmarks and change it to dot fucking com oh my god i think that they i just think they're running on thin ice if i'm being honest I don't know if you really, really, really want to get into a bidding war regarding it. I'm sure you can probably get more money, but, or even the fact that there still just hasn't been a contract renewed. It, and theoretically, if no contract is met on New Year's 2022, Twitch will not have .TV at the end of it. It will be something else. Who knows what's going to happen, but if a contract is not signed with the company that's major or 20% owned by Tuvalu, they're just not going to have .TV anymore. I have no idea how long I've been recording already. All right, 20 minutes. Probably going to make this a decently short episode. Um, I honestly don't really fucking care. This is my show. Suck a dick. Uh, suck a clit, suck a, all right, probably shouldn't say that, just gonna go on to the next, uh, just gonna go on to the next thing, also, yeah, fuck it, here we go, Futura has filed a lawsuit against North Face for copyright infringement, if you don't know who Futura is, I didn't really know that much about him before one of my friends told me about this. But seeing as I talk a lot about copyright and the annoyances of how our copyright system works in the United States, I figured this would be something cool to look into. And uh, I think I have some pretty hot take opinions about it. So I'm going to read this article directly from Hype Beast. Shout out the uh, writer that I do not see. Oh. Hassan... Oh, all right, there we go. I think that's... Oh, wait. Text by Clara Malley. There you go, whatever. Get better at... Fuck it, whatever. I'm leaving in all this shit. I know I had someone tell me that I should start cutting out shit and doing transitions. Fuck that. That stuff takes way too long. If someone wants to pay... If someone wants to pay me to edit my stuff, go ahead. I'm not paying someone at the moment to do that because I'm not making enough income directly off of this to make the business expenses work correctly. So I'm going to read this article and there will be zero cuts for my wonderful reading. Yesterday, Future filed a lawsuit against North Face on the grounds of copyright infringement. In the lawsuit, the artist's legal team alleges that the brand co-opted his stylistic depiction of an atom for use in a logo in a 2019 collection of waterproof outerwear. It's called Future Light. This I'm going to pop in right here with a little antidote. Don't know if I use that word correctly, but seeing as the name is Futra and Futra uh Future Light from North Face and the artist's name is Futra, I could see how a little too many dots are being connected right now. As a result, Futura has petitioned the California Central District Court to call for unspecified damages and for North Face to immediately recall and remove all Future Light products. The lawsuit establishes the history of the atom symbol as a recurring motif throughout Futura's artistic work and its associations with various of Futura's commercial products, including apparel for which he has used the atomic design as a logo of sorts. His lawyers also lay out several instances of Futura's past collaborations with brands who paid to reference the artist's persona. And vision, obviously. Well, that's Persona and Vision. There you go. Including projects with Nike. Um, I'm not going to attempt to pronounce those other ones. Also, North Face. So, Futura has already done collabs with North Face. So, they are somewhat understanding of of who he is and his persona and his likeness uh, visuals, as always as well as establishing the similarities between the Futura Adam motif, the North Face logo, the lawsuit points uh, to the collection's name Future Light, as a deliberate attempt to invoke plaintiff 
in order to suggest an association with him. The lawsuit also states that the brand failed to seek authorization from Futra and failed to inform him about the use of Adam of the Adam motif before using the logo in a $20 million USD advertising campaign. The North Face has not yet responded. Well, North Face has responded, and I will read that to you right now. Our deep respect for artists. The North Face, as well as VF Corporation, the conglomerate that owns North Face, if you did not know, and its family of brands are home and partners of many incredible and talented artists. We have a great respect for artists, individuality, expression, and intellectual property. Definitely. I'm definitely sure that's what this whole lawsuit's about. And would never want artists to feel otherwise. This includes a recent unfortunate situation involving Futra, an artist we hold in high esteem. Our Future Light trademarked apparel technology launched in October 1st, 2019, and its logo was conceived and designed by our internal creative team. No shit. To represent the nano spinning te- the nano spinning technology used to create future lights products the logo was also inspired by the shape of the geodesic dome tent which uh has been a key icon of the north face brand for nearly 50 years obviously those tents are fucking sick i've seen one in real life been inside want to buy one don't want to spend the money on one though Guess I don't want to buy one then. North Face, send me one. Uh, probably don't send me one because I am slandering you at the moment. Oh, no, I'm not slandering you, allegedly. Don't say that, Joe. God damn it. Any, reimbur- wait. Any resemblance of Future's signature atomic logo design was entirely coincidental and not part of our internal design team's inspiration. While North Face is confident there has been no infringement in this case, we are committed to supporting creative artists and their communities. As a sign that, uh, God damn it, as a sign of that commitment and a sincere gesture of goodwill, we will begin a phase out and discontinue the use of Future Light circulating. Circular Neosprina logo designed to designed out of deep respect of Futura and his work. So we have North Face coming out and saying we will begin to phase out and discontinue the use of Future Light circular nano nano spinning logo designed out of deep respect uh, for Futura. I'm sure it's because they have very deep respect of him. That's why he's suing you. So, all right, so they're going to be phasing it out. Okay, so we know that going on in the future, this will be ending. So you are giving some sort of admittance to it looking the same. Also, we have clarified the original intent behind the Future Light logo with Futra and his legal representatives many times and worked to find uh, amicable solutions to reconcile this matter without a court for nearly two years. So this has been going on for a while. This is them coming out and saying, yes, Future and us, we have been in legal talks with representatives to work out, find amicable solutions to reconcile the matter outside of the court nearly two years. Unfortunately, these conversations have not proven successful. Obviously, it's why it's in court. But we remain hopeful that we can reach a place of mutual understanding and agreement. So they are saying we would like to probably deal with this outside of court. It is, um, I find it, if anyone looks up this logo, which I probably should have had an article, I thought I had an article of what it looked like um, comparing the two logos. It's the, it's the, I don't know how much you can actually fight this in court because it's literally what an atom, it's, it's a digital render of what an atom looks like, but it's just stylized in someone's drawing hand. I have gripes with how our copyright system works. So theoretically, I could see how someone would be able to copyright it. But 
I, it's just it's it's decently annoying seeing this being a problem as so many people do the same shit. It's I guess that's not even a good I can't I can't even really use that as an excuse that other people are also doing it, but it's just a, it's it's a cool I guess it's not cool, but it's a nice insight on how corporations deal with this, this sort of stuff. Like, what, what what are you doing, you know? Double Dome Municipality, back at it again with another ad. This episode's ad is brought to you by Tommy Chong CBD. The world is full of CBD brands, but only one has the name Tommy Chong CBD. They got drops, topicals, gummies, soft gels, obviously. Why wouldn't you? From... 750 milligrams full spectrum gummies to 250 milligram CBD muscle freeze gel. There's definitely something on this website that will pique your interest. Drops come from three different formulas. Some of the drops uh, are full spectrum, good vibes, and nice dreams. They got 300 milligram versions all the way up to 3000 milligram versions of the drops. So no matter who you are, there's a product for you. Check them out. Wickedgood.xyz advertisers tab. You go wickedgood.xyz, click on the advertisers tab. Bam. There you go. That's how the internet works. Wickedgood.xyz advertisers tab. If you don't use that link, I don't make any money. Also, um, make sure to use Tommy 20 when you check out, you get 20% off. So, uh, as long as that lasts, don't know when this episode will be coming out or airing. So there you go. Tommy 20 wickedgood.xyz advertisers tab. There you go. That's the end of this ad back to the show. We have a, a Chinese, um, virtual artist being signed. Now, this artist was signed to Warner Music's group Wet Records, um, not Wet Ass Pussy Records, but Wet Records, also no A. Uh, yeah, so I'm going to read this article from Music Business. Oh, let's see. Let's All right. Uh, Tim Ingram. Here we go, baby. We've never before seen a virtual artist sign a deal with a major record label until now. The major record label is One Records, a Warner Group's pan-Asian dance label in China, which was founded in April and is already expanding fast. To date, Wet has a very much has very much centered itself in the human realm, with uh, with standing out signs, including star Chinese DJ Lizzie Wang. If you're watching on YouTube, you can watch my eyebrows wage right there. Um, this week, what has unveiled six new signings from mix of different backgrounds. This included a music pioneer, Mickey Zhang, and one of South Korea's or Southeast 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 West Asia's top DJ, uh, Twenty Two Bullets. Yet the largest uh, crop of signings also included an artist who only exists online. Not ha, ha Jang, um, definitely didn't pronounce that correctly, is what's known as a virtual idol. A huge deal in Asia, particularly in China and Japan, where they've uh, amassed significant fan bases. Virtual idols talk about their uh, talk about their lives, their relationships, what they've getting up, what they're getting up to. And things they are interest uh, that interest them, and some have started to build careers as influencers and fashion models. So uh, she got her first ba- bag to recorded. This is her f- first bag uh, record deal with a major label. So uh, she is signing alongside five human artists. Uh, some people say it's a gimmick. Obviously, I don't think it's a gimmick. This is basically the future. That's why I'm talking about it because I'm woo. I'm getting into the uh, scarcity or the scared understanding of what's going to be the future of music and probably a lot of the top 
artists. Clearly, this is going to be the future. AI-generated music will be able to generate music specifically to what we like. Also, the streaming platforms know what we like already. So, Or, honestly, some of them do a pretty shit job. I'm not going to call anyone out on Spotify. But some of them do a great job of discovery. Okay, basically, that's all I give a shit about. What I really give a shit about is um, the artist rights for AIs. Uh, an Australian uh, AI company just actually got the ability. So Australian court rules that, yes, AI can be an inventor. This was in uh, July, late July, so this is very, very soon. In what can only be considered a triumph for all robot kind. This week, a federal court has ruled that an artificial intelligent machine can, in fact, be an inventor. A decision that came after years of, uh, years worth of legal battles across the globe. The ruling came on the heels of a year long quest by University of Surrey Law Professor Ryan Abbott who started putting out patent applications in 17 different countries across the globe earlier this year. Abbott, whose work focuses on the intersection between AI and law, first launched two international patent filings as part of the Artificial Inventor Project. Should probably look in more more into that. At the end of 2019, there we go. Both patents, one uh one for an adjustable food container and one for an emergency beacon, listed a creative uh listed a creative neural network system dubbed Debus 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 uh as the inventor. The artificial intelligent inventor listed here, Debus was created by Dr. Stefan Thaler, who describes it as a a creativity engine that's capable of generating novel ideas and inventions based on the communications between trillions of computational neurons that is been outfitted that's been outfitted with. Despite being an impressive piece of machinery, last year the U.S. Patent and Trademark Office. USPTO, very understandable who they are, that great, great quote there, ruled that an AI cannot be listed as an inventor in a patent application, specifically stating that under the country's current patent laws, only natural persons are allowed to be recognized. Not long after uh, Thaler sued the USPTO and Abbott represented him in the suit. In the United States, you're not allowed to... um, have anything other than natural persons on a copyright thing. So AI in the United States right now cannot be used on a patent or a trademark. So that's basically what I want to talk about. The fact that you can't do that in the United States doesn't really mean anything. Uh, rest globally. Everyone has their own copyrights for countries. So obviously that's a big deal if the United States government says that AI is not allowed to be a name on any sort of that stuff also just i will just i'll stop reading this for right now i guess that's the end of the fucking thing anyways oh all right whatever main thing is is i do think in the future and someone in one of these articles talks about it this if we put if we put belt strap if we if we put restraints on the copyright of AI, I think we'll be doing a very large, something so large that in the creative space, we might not be able to go back on. AI and artificial intelligence will be able to create things that our human brains just would probably not necessarily even think of or have the ability to think of or do. And I think we will be stifling that ability uh, very largely uh, in the case that the U.S. PTO just does not allow anything like that to happen. So I think in the U.S. we need to allow this to happen. Very happy that it's actually happening in Australia. Also on top of that, I think there's more things that we need to look into when it comes to the United States or in Australia. 
or any country, basically, because is it the AI who's really getting the copyright? Should it be the person who created the AI? Should it be... I don't know. It's there should be there should be open debate on a lot of the stuff, and it should be I think like how the internet should be completely open, and our broadcasting companies should not be allowed to throttle any of that. But obviously that got pushed back. All right, here we go. I got actually another good one that actually goes along with all of this. This was March nine, uh, March twenty seventh, twenty nineteen. Uh, Danny Dale. Last week, a press release went out. Uh, tech music and reporters claiming that a little-known startup called Endel had became the first ever algorithm to sign a major label deal with Warner Music. So, remind you again, this is 2019. The news was covered widely, with uh, commentators tossing around phrases like "the end is near." While uh, handwriting, oh, whatever, over the idea of code becoming a musician's label's contract, coders coming for musician labels contracts, but in a press release, uh, wasn't exactly right. And questions about the future of music are even bigger than anyone thought. Endel is an app that generates uh, reactive, personalized soundscapes to promote things like focus and relaxation. It takes in data like your location, time, and weather to create these soundscapes. And that's far. I'd never fucking install that shit. And uh, I think you know why. Uh, let me just say location, time, and weather. Great. Now you know exactly where I am. Uh, and uh, it, as a result, it's not quite musical in a traditional sense. It's more of an ambient layering in things like washed out white noise, a long string of notes. It's a type of stuff that uh, that's exploded on streaming platforms recently uh, under newly invented genre names like sleep. So I've never done it. Well, maybe I have done it personally. I think I've done the white noise. I have a white noise or a playlist or whatever. This stuff is exactly what AI, like this sort of stuff. This is what. This is what algorithms work best to do. Although Endel signed a deal with Warner, the deal is uh, crucially not for an algorithm and Warner is not in control of Endel's product. The label approached Endel with a distribution deal and Endel used the algorithms to create 600 short tracks on 20 albums that were then put on streaming services returning a 50-50 royalty split to Endel. A publishing deal is unlike a typical major label deal, which uh, in many ways, uh, Endel didn't get any advanced money paid up front and retained ownership of their master recordings. What they're talking about here is unlike any typical major label deal, is usually you sign a full fucking 360 where they get everything and you get upfront money, but the major label owns your master recordings. Even if Endel had signed over the masters, the company could easily just make more. Uh, Endel's composer, head of sound, says 600 tracks were made with a click of a button. There was minimal human interaction or involvement outside of chopping up audio and mastering it for streaming. Endel even hired a third-party company to write the track titles. Five Endel albums have already been released, and 15 more are coming this year, all of which will be generated by code. In the future, Endel will be able to make infinite ambient tracks. I'm going to be mall right now and just say that's crazy. It's just... I think musical artists will have to stop being a lot... will have to be uh, a lot less entitled, seeing as... They took your job. The AI's about to took your job. Because no one... I mean... Honestly, I don't know. Why does that end of every episode of my nose? Goddamn gets fucking itchy. Fuck. I gotta put like chapstick on my nose or whatever the fuck. Whatever. Not cutting that shit out. Fuck you. It's just mind... I guess it's not really mind-blowing because I saw a lot of this stuff ha- like coming. But it's just mind-blowing that this is even a thing that is actually going to become a very, very large uh, part of the music industry.
Another thing that's kind of AI related, well, it is AI related. Uh, today, I'm incredibly... All right, so I, let me, before I say I am, DeepMind, putting the power of AlphaFold into the world's hands. Today, incredibly proud and excited to announce that DeepMind is making a significant tr- contribution in humanity's understanding of biology. When we announced AlphaFold 2 last December, it was hailed as a solution to a 50-year-old protein folding problem. Last week, we published a scientific paper and source code explaining how we created this highly innovative system. And today, we're sharing high-quality predictions for the shape of every single protein in the human body. Let me reinstate that. Today, we are sharing a high-quality uh, high predictions for the shape of of every single protein in the human body, as well as the proteins of 20 additional organisms that scientists rely on for their research. That may have all just gone over your head. Most of it went over mine. I can barely even understand why proteins matter, if we're being honest. But the fact that an AI neural net system has figured out how to do this and has now shared to open public the quality predictions that shape every single protein in the human body just seems like something very, very important to the rest of us. Continue along with this article. This is also directly from DeepMind.com. It is a blog uh, written by uh, Demis uh, Hazabis, whatever. This man, if you click on the link on Pastebin. As researchers seek cures of diseases and pursue solutions to other big problems facing humankind, including antibiotic resistance, vaccines, assholes, uh, microplastic, microplastic pollution, and climate change, there are benefits from fresh insights into the structure of proteins. Proteins are tiny... Proteins are like tiny um, biological machines, the same way structures of a structures of a machine tells you what it does. So the structures of a protein helps us understand its functionality. Today we are sharing a trove of information that doubles humanity's understanding of human uh, proteins, and reveals the protein structures found in twenty other biological significant organisms from E. coli to yeast and from fruit fly to the mouse. Quote we have here, this will be one of the most important data sets since the mapping of the human genome. As a powerful tool that supports the efforts of researchers, we believe that this is the most significant contribution AI has ever made in advancing significant in advancing significant knowledge to date and is a great example of the benefits of AI and what it can bring to humanity. These insights will under will underpin many exciting future advances in our understanding of biology and medicine. Thanks to five tireless years of work and a lot of ingenuity from AlphaFold team and working closely for the past few months with our partners at the European Bioinformatics Institute, we are able to share a huge and valuable resource to the entire world. Who would be against this? I would hope no one would be against this. This is just amazing. Um, the latest we're building announcement, December. Uh, oh, here we go. Uh, this latest work builds on announcements we made last December at the CRISPR uh, 14 conference when DeepMind unveiled a radically new version of AlphaFold system, which was recognized by the organizers of the, uh, of the assessment as a solution to a 50-year-old grand challenge uh, to understand the 300, uh, 3D, 300, 360 degree structure of proteins. Determining protein structures experimentally is a time-consuming and painstaking pursuit, but AlphaFold, 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 uh, demonstrated that AI can accurately predict the shape of the protein at scale and 
do it in minutes down to atomic accuracy there you go so um something cool going on with alpha fold uh higher protein alpha fold and i had the entire um scientific thing here but we can get along with that gonna probably yep last two articles we have facebook and other tech giants here we go facebook and other this is directly from reuters who wrote the article only the best links and articles uh come for me shout out the verge joke i have a page bin uh in the link of almost all platforms if you want to find the actual links to any of these actual platforms we got facebook right from reuters facebook and tech giants to target and uh, to target attacker manifestos, far-right militias in database. Main reason I'm talking about this is just to show people that these databases are constantly being created and they're being used on large uh, things. So July 26th, not that long ago, a counterterrorism organization formed by some of the biggest U.S. tech companies, including Facebook and Microsoft, is significantly expanding types of extremism content shared between firms in a key database aiming to crack down on material from white supremacists and far-right militias, the group told Reuters. So, obviously, they're using the keywords white supremacists, far-right militias. We always got to stick those in the things that we talk about. But... Main thing I care about is extremist content shared between firms in a key database. Now, the definition of extremist is obviously very, very nuanced depending on your religion, depending on how you grew up, depending on the social media app you're on, depending on the group and your friends that you talk to. So the fact that there are going to be people choosing what type of extremist content will be shared and used between different uh, these large app apps, websites. That is all going into a key database that they all have access to. And here we go. This has already been a thing. This has been a thing for t- quote-unquote terrorist group war on terrorism. Until now, the Global Internet Forum of counterterrorism database has focused on videos and images from terrorist groups on the United Nations list and so has largely considered uh, has consisted of content from Islamic extremism organizations as the Islamic State and uh, Al-Qaeda and the Taliban. Over the next few months the group will add attacker manifestos often shared by sympathizers after white supremacist violence and other publications and links flagged by the UN Initiative Tech Organization on uh, Terrorism. It will use the list from intelligence shared groups Five Eyes, which is five United States, Canada, UK, and two other countries. That's what Five Eyes is. According to URLs and PDFs, from more groups including the Proud Boys, the Three Percenters, and Neo-Nazis. I mean, I don't have a terrible feeling because I don't really give a shit, but if I get put on this list, let's fucking go. Like, let's just, let's go. Fucking, let's go. Let's go, baby. The firm, which includes Twitter and Alphabet Inc., so Google on top of Google owns YouTube, Google, all that shit, um, Share hashes unique numerical representations of original pieces of content that have been removed from their services. So anything that has been removed from their services will be added to that list. Other platforms use these to identify the same content on their own sites in order to remove and review. So we had this problem. I talked about it, I think, when uh, Max came on maybe two seasons ago. There was a Wall Street Journal article about Biden's son smoking crack. And if you shared that link, it just would not send. This is how that happens. So they will encode a link. They will encode a number, a numerical representation of the original piece. So the original piece being the article. That number will be coincided with that article. So once that 
number shows up in their system, they will immediately take it down and report it. So that's what was happening with that. So this is just, this is another, this is how they use that. So this is, the, that's just how it goes. So, and this has been used before, so we know that it is a thing and it's very much possible. While the project reduces the amount of extremist content on mainstream platforms, groups can still violate images and uh, whatever on other side parts of the internet. This is why the internet needs to be free and open and no matter what fucking idiot wants to post stupid shit on the internet, they should just be allowed to. Just monitor all of it. Stop trying to take away this shit because now you're just becoming the gatekeeper to what anyone can say. Well, what's going on? If you agree with a lot of the censorship, I would just like you to just do the, do the, the mental, what do they call it? A, a mental, a mental math equation. What if you take out you being the one who's offended and you put in power who has ability to regulate all this stuff, someone who you despise? Now, they are allowed to put you in a group that is now um, domestic terrorism. It's this is just, I don't want someone who wasn't even voted into power having the ability to tell and basically deplatform people for things that are put on the internet. We need to hear the stupid shit. None of this stupid stuff would be stupid if we didn't hear it. If we just never heard that like a lot of this stupid stuff that a lot of common sense people could realize, oh yeah, that's something you probably shouldn't do. Obviously there's people like that. Main thing is is nowadays with the internet, we just think that it's everywhere because now everyone has a microphone. We can't continue to suppress this stuff. We just need to hear it. We need to listen to how stupid some fucking people are because people are really fucking stupid. Let's just let them fucking talk about how stupid they are and then most normal people will be like, oh, you know what? That's a fucking idiot. So let's just not listen to them. And then they won't get views, they won't get clicks. But the problem is, is the algorithms that these companies who are a part of this continue to create throw you down those fucking rabbit holes. So it's almost like it's it's like a gas tax. Let's let's tax the people who need the gasoline to do stuff, who are probably low to middle income people, and not the people who are actually making money off of it. Ooh, fuck, goddamn rabbit holes. Whatever. Where are we at? Damn it, we're getting close to an hour. Whatever, that's the end of that. Obviously, this list's probably going to be on that list myself just for even talking about it. Um, probably going to be a list directly after talking about this. I was going to put it first. Uh, the title of this article is not what I'm saying it is, but I'm just like saying it because I thought it was funny when I typed it out. Double Dome Municipality, back at it again with an ad. This episode is sponsored by Blue Chew. Say it with me, Blue Chew. Blue Chew will bring more confidence to you in the bedroom by offering chewable tablets that can help men get stronger, longer-lasting erections. Blue Chew is a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, but it's chewable and it's a fraction of the cost. Blue Chew's tablets help men achieve harder, longer-lasting erections to combat all forms of erectile dysfunction. Blue Chew is an online prescription service with no visits to the doctor, no awkward conversations, and no waiting lines at the pharmacy. Also, on top of all of that wonderfulness, it ships right to your door in a discreet package. The process is simple. Sign up at BlueChew.com. Consult with one of their licensed medical providers, and once you're approved, you'll receive your prescription within days. The best part, it's all done online. Blue Chew's licensed medical providers work with you to find the right ingredients and strength for you. Don't like swallowing pills? Same here. Had to deal with it before. No problems with this product. Blue Chew's Sedalafil and Tadalafil tablets are chewable. Blue Chew's tablets are made in the U.S. of A, and they're prepared and shipped directly to you, so it's cheaper than the pharmacy. 
if you could benefit from some extra confidence when it's time comes time to perform, visit bluechew.com for more details and obviously important safety information is there because obviously there's important safety information in regards to getting your dick hard. But I've got a special deal for you right now. Try Blue Chew for free when you use promo code WICKEDGOOD at checkout. Just pay $5 shipping. That's bluechew.com promo code WICKEDGOOD to receive your first month for free. Obviously, thank you, Blue Chew, for fun, uh, sponsoring this podcast. Highly recommend. Obviously, you don't need it all the time, but those times where, you know, you need the extraness, obviously, there you go. Back to the episode, your man is gone. A priest gets fucked by grinder. The pillar is some sort of news article that constantly looks after people who are under pillars. So Catholic Church, church people, all that sort of shit. Have an article directly from them. The reason I'm reading this article is because I read other articles about this, but I'm reading it because I like sources. So we're going to go. Pillar investigates. USCCB General Secretary Burrill resigns after sexual misconduct allocations. Now, Je- Mr. Mr. Jeffrey, Mr. Jeffrey Epstein, just kidding, uh, former secretary of U.S. Bishops Conference, announced his rec- uh, resignation uh, Tuesday after the pillar found uh, evidence that the priest has engaged in serial sexual misconduct while held in critical oversight uh, role in the Catholic Church response to recent separate abuse and misconduct scandals. It is with sadness that I inform you that Mr. Jeffrey has resigned as General Secretary of Conference. Uh, but I wrote in 2020, July 20 memo. On Monday, we became aware of impending media reports alleging possible improper behavior by Mr. Jeffrey. What was shared with us did not include allegations of misconduct with minors. However, in order to avoid becoming a distraction to operations and ongoing work of the conference, uh, has resigned from his effect being effective immediately. Here's the juicy stuff. The reason I'm mainly talking about this is how they got this data about this shit, how they got the grinder data, which is just fucking anyone who thinks that there's just anonymous data. I hate when they fuck Google. Oh, it's, it's anonymous data. It was, oh, oh, there's just a random number assigned to your name and your location that just like constantly pings back and forth. It's like, Think about it as your prison number. If you go to prison or you go to jail, you get given a number. Now, think about that number, but associated with every single thing you do on the internet. That is your number. Yes, oh, it's not your name, but it's associated with that. The memo came after USCCB and Burrill were contacted by the pillar regarding evidence of a pattern of sexual misconduct on Burrill's part. Burrill did not respond to the questions from the pillar before his resignation was announced by the bishops. Burrill was elected General Secretary of the U.S. Bishops Conference in November 2020. In that role, Burrill was effectively the highest-ranking American clerk who is not a bishop. The priest of uh, whatever, Wisconsin, uh, uh, whatever, um, words that were created thousand years ago, had been, uh, Wisconsin, had begun the work at Bishop's Conference as an Associate General Secretary in February 2016. In that that capacity, the priest was charged with helping to coordinate the U.S. Bishop's response to the Church's 2018 sexual abuse uh, scandal. Remember this, 2018, he was assigned to help with the Catholic Church's sexual abuse scandal. But as anal- uh, as analytics of app data s- uh, signals uh, correlated by Burritt's... Uh, all right, let me reread that so it's more intense. But analytics from app data signals correlated to Burrell's, uh, Burrell's phone device shows the priest 
Also, visited gay bars and private residences while using the location-based hookup app in numerous cities from 2018 to 2020, even while traveling on assignment for the U.S. Bishops' Conference. According to the commercially available records of app signal data, so remember, according to commercially available records of app signal data obtained by the pillar, let me reinstate that, according to commercially available records of app signal data, say that one more time, commercially available records of app signal data. This stuff is being sold by third parties and data companies that specifically make money off of knowing who you are, where you are, what your address is, what apps you use, who you're fucking, who's how, who you're cheating on with, what bar you're going to. These companies are selling this shit and, and, the pillar, a news organization that is for the Catholic Church, can buy that data, and they did in this situation. A mobile device correlated to Beryl admitted app signal data from the location-based hookup app Grinder. This is how Grinder fucked them. Grinder, a nearly daily uh, base. Uh, on a nearly daily basis from 2018, 2019, 2020 at both USCCB office and his USCCB-owned residence, as well as during USCCB meetings and events in other cities. The only way you can get to the point where you are finding this data is the pillar must have... The pillar had to have been purchasing device and Rec, uh, location data from Grinder, as I showed in, I probably should have brought this up. There's a clip from one of the earlier seasons where I, it's like New York Times, they they follow um, someone uh, from location data they purchased uh, from a third party. So someone purchased from the New York Times, someone purchased the location data of someone, whatever number it was, and you can literally watch how they walk every single day, where they walk to work, their mile, their, their walk through uh, Central Park, and then they, they took that data from an entire year, plotted it on a map, and you can see this person just never leaves the suburbs of lower Manhattan. So same thing here. The pillar went out and was specifically looking at Grinder and probably other dating apps and looking for those pins. This the, this is the thing. Yes, it is anonymized, quote unquote. But if you can get a data set and just see a bunch of pings where phones are pinging from, you can just go to what they did in this, a USCCB owned residence. So you can you can specify and look where's this evidence, where's this address, where are these pings coming from, and then you can just say, oh, look, this person's phone pinged that day at this own residence. Oh, but then 30 minutes later, it then pinged at the office. So now you can start correlating those things. This is exactly what I'm talking about with all this goddamn location data. And please, if you have an iPhone, Android, you could turn this off a long time ago. Turn off your location data as much as possible. In 28, this is where it gets really creepy. In 2018, the priest was a member of the USCB's exclusive staff charged with oversight of the conference's um, pastoral departments. And uh, him and several senior USCCB officials met with Pope Francis in 2018 to discuss how the conference was responding to the allegations and scandals related around sexual misconduct. Um, whatever. Burrell, then second in command to the conference, conference is widely reported to have played a central role in coordinating conference and diocese responses to the scandals and coordinating between. Data app signals suggest that he was at the same time engaged in serial and uh, illicit sexual activity. So the same time this guy was running and creating the response for the Catholic Church regarding sexual misconduct, this guy f 
based off app data sent um, through Grinder was engaged in serial and illicit sexual activity. On June 20th, 2018, the day that uh, he, uh, the revelations came out and became public, the mobile device correlated to him, admitted hookup app signals uh, to the USB staff residence and from a street in a residence Washington neighborhood. He traveled to Las Vegas shortly thereafter, data records show. On, 20, uh, on June 22nd, two days after, the mobile device correlated to him was admitting signals from uh, a Las Vegas bar that is basically called the Gay Bathhouse. So let me reinstate or make that short. Twenty On the 20th, all the stuff came out about the Catholic Church fucking children. And then two days later, the mobile device was admitting signals from which came from him at a gay bathhouse in Las Vegas. So you can go fuck yourself and if you... Fuck you if you think that your data is anonymous because clearly it's not. Once you got this guy at one place, you can just watch where that ping goes all the fucking time. And clearly, this fucking guy got fucked by the grinder app. Uh, that's where I'm gonna end it here. Um, please, if you're at, if you've gotten this far, go to your settings, go to advertising, turn off personalized advertising, and reset your advertising ID constantly. That advertising ID carries throughout everything. Also, if you have an app on your phone that you haven't used in a month or barely ever use, fucking delete it. Do not have that shit constantly installed. Just, oh God forbid, you got to spend a minute waiting for it to download again when you actually need it. Do not leave those apps sitting on your phone, constantly pinging, and then selling that to a third party. It's, God, fuck me. I, I just, I want to get a flip phone so bad with no goddamn GPS, but that shit just does not exist anymore. We're just about at an hour. If you're watching this, video on top of me, video on top of Mr. Bones, subscribe in the middle, also down below, um, links in the description, wickedgood.xyz, everything, that's about it, Reddit, go comment there, can't comment anywhere else, yeah, that's it, there you go.